0: Yeah, so I'm figuring I got Big Bird on the drums, uh-huh. Woody Woodpecker on lead guitar, okay. and of course Foghorn Leghorn, he's for the bass, you sure. know. and Tweety Bird on lyrics, he's uh, a singer. Uh, yeah. What the hell are you talking about? That's my bird band. Bird band.
1: Oh, I get it. You, I get it. Bird band. Well, isn't that where? we're... Well, isn't yeah, that I we I heard about bird banding, I thought... Yeah, where's it, the keyboard player, though? You need, like, uh, gotta get a keyboard... Sam the Eagle from the Muppets, remember him? What will he play it with, like he, his, his beak or his something? Beak? I don't know. Do birds have No, they helly. have talons. I don't know if. They, oh, wait. Hold on a second. We're rolling. All right. Well, let's roll. Well, I'm Rich and
0: I'm Mark, and we are two, two guys, guys on, on Block Island.
2: What shall we do, What shall
0: we do? All right. So, uh thanks for joining us again this week. We have a. A lovely guest that I'm excited to learn from. Me too. You know, we've talked about her several times on other podcasts, and yes. uh, it's none other than uh, Kim Gaffett who's going to help us learn and understand more about Block Island and its nature.
1: Yes. Hello, Kim.
3: Hi. Hi. Uh, among doing? other
1: things, I hope. Yes. Amongst other things. Yeah.
3: I have a a key piece of information. I got a bumper sticker that says the best tweets come from birds.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I like it. I've never tweeted ever. You haven't. I've
1: never had a Twitter.
0: No? No. Interesting. But I might, but now I don't need to because the birds are doing it. That's true. That's a good bumper sticker. (laughs) The best tweets come from birds.
1: I like it. So, Kim, uh here on the podcast, we have a very standard question. Uh first question we ask all of our guests. Uh what is your block island story when did you get here how did you get here um what has kept you here
3: uh okay well i got here when i was about one year old i got here probably in a baby cradle um and i've been here mostly ever since i uh my parents were actually living in connecticut my mother was finishing college when i was born and um and she had another year to go. So she, we stayed, we lived in, I don't know, the Madison, Connecticut area. Okay. I, my parents worked there. And, uh, after she got finished, uh, she also by then had another kid. My brother, Nat, and then we moved out to Block Island probably when I was about a year,
0: and a, year. And a half. You and, you, and you and Nat were the first two kids in the family? Yep. Oh, okay. Yep. So yep. you're the first two official Block Island uh, kids of the Gaffet clan.
3: None of the official Block Island kid of the Gaffet clan was my father, Lou, who was born here.
0: Oh, all right. he, was. he, he was, was born here. So
3: we used to have little debates. Was I an Islander? You know, are you an Islander? Oh, no, that question. I was not born here. And uh, my dad used to make sure I knew. Nope, you weren't born here. So you're not an Islander. Put
0: you in your place. So, yes,
3: but I, uh, I used to come back with, uh, yeah, but someday I'll be making the rules. <laughs> wow, that was the
1: impetus. That was it. That's what sparked you in your political aspirations. Oh my gosh, that's a great answer. <laughs> it's, that's hilarious because I, can't think of anyone who i would think of more as an islander than you perhaps or you know but do you still hold to that do you s- still hold to that you're not an islander is no, it no the-
3: no i i think i'm an islander and i, I, do too. And I, I, do I really too. think people who live here all the time are an islander so okay and yeah. uh, I, my i don't have that old time uh, you know yeah feeling about people who weren't born here so,
1: so how far back does your dad's family go here
3: Oh, probably early 1800s or so. Oh, wow. But my mom's family, uh, her great grandmother was Florence Ball, who was one of the founders of the Black Island Historical Society, among other things, Redgate Farm, and the Ball family. And, and uh, you know, they go way back.
0: they related to, like, the Ball O'Brien Park yeah, and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Wow.
3: Different parts of the family, you know. Martha Ball says we're not related, but. It's a- <laughs> no, Did you not- say thank you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I think we're probably two of the best people still hanging on. Yeah, out here yeah, yeah. The ball family. I so. concur. Uh, yeah, me yeah. too. That's so, great. Different, different, different avenues from yeah. the ball family. So yeah.
1: both your mother and your father had connections out here. Your dad was. Born? born here and grew, grew up here until what age?
3: Well, he was born here and he grew up here off and on. Uh, he went to school here. They they were pretty poor. He was born in the th- in 1936. Yeah, He was one of uh, six kids. And sometimes his father, my grandfather, was a house painter. And sometimes they would go back to the mainland and get work. And sometimes they'd come back out here and back and forth. Okay. He did graduate from school here. And, uh, yeah, he was born up on Spring Street. And so he was... Most of his life. And my mother, um, although she wasn't born here, she spent every summer of her life here because of the connection to the Ball, Madison people. Okay,
1: so they did meet out here,
3: Oh, yeah. Apparently. My mother apparently said... She didn't know who she was going to marry, but it was going to be a Black Islander.
1: Really? Oh, that's a that's a great initial, you
0: yeah. know, guideline. Well, yeah. that's mm-hmm. it, it, yeah. It uh,
1: it thins down the list quite a bit if if yeah. you're you know keep, you know have a checklist of things. You know, number one lives on Block. Yeah. Number two, you know, strong back. Number three, her, her mother was like block islander i said rich doctor
3: yeah that doesn't even rhyme like you know (laughs) what
0: what made that your standard
3: (laughs) it makes sense on the strong back uh, because my dad of course had a a lot of jobs but when i was growing up mostly he was a truck driver and he uh, that was before forklifts and uh, and stuff everything got moved on and off the boats with the hand trucks and power of the arm
0: yeah I, i heard he was a like a super burly strong man like in his youth that 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 explains it now that he did physical labor for. Yeah. But I yeah. heard he was a a force to be reckoned with in okay. the physical department. Gotcha. So you know, Not- I, I didn't know him until his later years. Yeah, when he was a force to be reckoned in the mental department. <laughs> exactly. Always
1: outsmarted me. Yeah. My well, God, he's good like that. Always a step ahead. <laughs> so oh man so when you so when you guys came out here what, your dad was still driving trucks out when you I were a kid or? He,
3: no he, well when I was a kid he was but when we came out here he hadn't quite gotten that job he he bought he got the business from, uh, from a guy named uh, John Brain okay or uh, yeah john brain gave up the trucking business my father took it over but he did you know kind of like me tons of things over the years like a lot of islanders right yeah. There used to be a uh, like a country store in the in the building that's where the hardware store is now and uh he it was called the country store and he ran that for a while and we lived in the little house that's right next not little the house next to the current hardware store
2: okay oh yeah yeah yep
3: and um and he delivered milk and he did all kinds of things whatever it took whatever yeah. it yeah. took
1: what what did your mom do
3: my mom well she had five kids pretty quick so okay. she was kind of stay at home until um uh, I can't tell you what year, but then she became the librarian at the Island Library, and when it was still on Chapel Street,
0: okay, in the Eli's building, right? Yeah, Is that what it was? was. Edie I was, Blaine, I think, told yeah. us it was yeah. Eli's was the, and it's dubbed as the Town Hall Meeting Center.
3: Oh, wow, I didn't but know Back that. in her yeah.
0: – I mean, by yeah. that time, by your time there, it might have just still been the library. But she talked about, like, walking yeah. downtown from, yeah. you know, down the neck and yeah. how many miles and you had a, right. the books in a bag. And she's – what did you say? I started on the east wall and worked my way to the south wall. You know, yeah, know, yeah, yeah. She would wall by wall try to yeah. read all the books. Yeah. yeah. Wow.
3: So she was there and then she would – when they – built the new library she went over there and worked there for probably another 10 years before she retired okay when did so. they,
1: i wonder what do you remember i was really little when they built the new library
3: you know, i'm not very good with dates so me, me neither be able to do that
1: it's all fuzzy mm. it's all very fuzzy and where did you guys live
3: we lived up on high street down uh on the you know the corner right before the school yeah off of that down ebbets hollow okay and there's um, a house down there most recently was owned by tracy Dillon and tony edwards oh and yeah i, know I that guess that's that sold so that's where we lived um that and the house that tracy and and tony had is uh is big compared to the house that was there that we grew up in okay which was tiny it was about uh, it might have been twenty by twenty.
2: Wow! Oh.
1: So you
0: had a shared bedroom.
1: Oh yeah, with, <laughs> with, with seven of
0: you and shoes. Yeah. <laughs>
2: wow.
3: Yeah, we had uh, the downstairs had the, like a big kitchen and a bedroom, and first m- my Nat, my middle sister Beth, and I lived there. And then upstairs, there's like a little like alcove off of the stairs. Didn't have a full wall. That used to be my father's office, quote-unquote office, until the Heather and Carrie came along. Then that became their bedroom.
0: And, and might a, I know, they're the, they're twins. They're twins, yeah. So okay. it was a yeah. two-for-one on that right. one. And in yep.
3: that one, the two cribs fit end-to-end end in that space.
2: <laughs> Perfect. So,
3: <wow. laughs> and then eventually, um, my sister Beth moved up there, and Heather and Carrie, when they were little probably school age, moved down to the big bedroom downstairs with me. My brother slept on the couch in the winter in a little old barn outside uh, in the summertime. He had his own space. We were all jealous. (laughs) And he still has that little barn on his property. And I look at it and go, it's little. We used to think it was really big. Yeah, he had yeah. this big expansive place. But. That's
0: they moved it down to his little oh, I know the I know the shack. It's yeah. oh wow, it's not big. No. Oh, when you say they moved it, they picked it up,
1: literally picked yeah, it
0: up. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Oh, it's oh. down the road from the house she's talking about growing yeah. up in. So okay. further down the road now Nat built a house down yeah. there, like right on almost like a little peninsula. Uh uh-huh. yeah. might, might be right. a peninsula, might not be, but give or take. Okay. On um Mill Pond, gotcha. Milltail
3: mill Swamp, Milltail
0: Swamp Pond, Milltail Swamp Pond. With yeah, Doctor so, Manfringeson. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: So Milltail is uh, the pond next to Town Hall,
1: because
3: oh, okay. that was next to the mill, and uh, it oh. gets its water from the pond behind you, behind there that you're talking about. But that used to be a swamp before it was dammed up by the Rod and Gun Club in the '40s. So it was mill, it was Milltail Swamp. Okay. They dammed it up. Became Milltail Swamp Pond. Oh, uh, interesting. the good old
1: days where you could just you know dam up some waterways yeah. if you right. felt like you know. Well, you there's needed two on that dam fishing. route. I I
0: think there's one coming out of Milltail Pond Swamp. I'm gonna try to get that right every time. <laughs> uh, in the corner, like almost directly behind Town Hall, you can actually walk up there and you're walking on the dam. Yeah, that's oh. the dam. It's it's, it's all overgrown, but it's got like the bowl, and you can hear the water going yep. down in there. Oh. And then there's one kind of holding the water back where you drive over that little bridge. Yeah, well, yeah. they
3: built that sluice way to to. Uh, Wait, sorry,
0: what? They, big big word alert. Oh, sluice. Slu- <laughs> sluice way. Sluice way. Sluice way. Well, yes.
3: it's a way of controlling the flow of water when you've got a mill because you need to make sure that you're oh. running the right amount of water. To so you power
0: can the- ha- bypass some of the water to. Yeah. To right. to keep it going. It's right. like gears. Right. What gear do you want this yeah, thing to sluice
3: like boards that vertical boards that stack up. So if you want the pond to be a certain height, you put up more boards, you want it to be a foot lower, you take a foot of a foot of board down. Yeah. And uh so then the runoff runs down that underneath the road and uh through this beautiful old sort of arch bridge. And then it runs down a, a ditch to uh to Ocean Avenue, down and it goes by. under Ocean Avenue and comes out of the back of Harbor Pond.
0: Yeah, which is pretty much just
1: a little bit uh, yeah. west of where we are right now. Right. Yeah. Have you explored every inch of this island?
3: Oh, I don't think so.
1: Now, Uh, do you still find because we talk about all the time with our guests and ourselves that, you know, no matter how long you live out here, there's always some road or dirt road or path you go down and and you're just in this new place that you've and you're like, how have I not known about this? Yeah, And who's living in that tent? Yes,
3: (laughs) (laughs) that definitely happens. I go to a place and uh, two things happen. I go, wow, I've never been down here or I don't remember this road. It's obviously it's a new road built for some new housing yeah um and but also because of the, we're so small you can suddenly you're like seeing the something from a different perspective that you hadn't yeah. seen it before and you're like wow you can see that from here or, you yep, know, yep. I didn't know I could see the, you know, whatever from here. Yeah. This, but, it, but growing up, I didn't get to, my, my parents had a close reign. I didn't explore much, so.
1: Yeah. <laughs> hey, they knew you'd go out there and get into some trouble watching <laughs> birds or something.
3: Maybe, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It was pretty close. We went, uh, we. Oh, well,
1: there's five of you. It's easier to just keep the gaggle
0: together. <laughs> yeah. it, right. It's, it's like five in different directions. Like, wait a minute. Who went where and how How far did they
1: go? And, Come on. It's an eye. I, I Three by seven. Yeah. Where the heck are you gonna go? <laughs> was that your argument?
3: Yeah. Well, it was when I, you know, of course everybody when they're when they're sixteen, fifteen, sixteen have epic fights with their parents. Oh yeah I had oh, couple, yeah. I had a couple epic fights with yeah. my father and I t- went slammed out of the house and then night went seven o'clock one night and was charging over Pilot Hill Road and pretty soon uh, one of the, uh, probably the police officer, Vinnie McLuhan, that drives up next <laughs> to me. <laughs> Says, uh, you running away? I go, Ben, it's February. Where the heck am I gonna go? <laughs> he goes, I gotta call you around the loose. And I said, I Gotta call you or on the loose. And I just said, Well, he goes, You going home? I said, Where else am I gonna go? Yeah, I'm just, just blowing
0: kidding. off some steam. That's right. Yeah,
3: <laughs> I got all the way over to you know the bluffs. Way what, down there. Way over to the Bluffs. You know, stood at my favorite place, which I always call Chalet Point, but now people call Second Bluffs. But, uh, and where I used to stand isn't there anymore. And I used to okay. stand and just like any 15-year-old kid scream, you're a fucking <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> my favorite line is how smart our parents got by the time we turned 21. Oh, yeah.
1: That was a Mark Twain Yeah, was quote. it Mark I think Twain? it was like, it's you know, remarkable I, I how, how, how... Yeah, when I was a child, I thought my father was an idiot and it's a, I was amazed yeah. how much he'd learned in 20 years or something like that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's hilarious. It's I funny.
3: Remember, I had never heard that, but people say, uh, you know, I went away to school eventually and I ended yeah. up at the University of Puget Sound in Tacoma, Washington. And I always said, I had to go as far away as I could get and still be near the ocean. Yeah. And, uh, and then... I went to college and lived a couple of years out there, and what did you study out there? I biology and environmental science, and then I came back eighty two, and um, I always say, well, I didn't think my I could live in the same island, same place as my parents, but they learned a lot while I was gone. Yeah,
1: (laughs) yeah, yeah. exactly. (laughs) Can we back up just a second? Because I have obviously no. Okay, I'm just kidding. Please, yeah. I, you know, I, I I'm a a, a a fan. I'm obsessed with with bar tavern culture here on Block Island for obvious reasons. And, uh, you know, your dad's Monday Night Club is a storied, you know, uh, venue here. Can you can you talk about that? And a little I still bit? don't or, understand it. I don't either. That's why I would like to get. <laughs> I, I really, I, you might be the definitive person to ask at this point. I, well, well, I've first heard,
3: of all, it was. Can I throw a guess? Yeah.
1: So I heard like there was a
0: window of time in the in the winter, certain windows where there would be no place open. So they sort of, so that's what I heard, and that's how it became like this thing, yeah, where you where everyone would just gather unofficially, right? Okay, all right, so and where
1: was it though
3: okay the first an original monday night club was actually in the building that's the bowl was the bowling alley which is the seacrest inn now okay All the right.
1: bike rental area right, right. Yeah. well no it oh. was
3: upstairs so oh my father rented that building from john Tragula, who used to own uh, yep. the harborside yep uh the royal the royal yeah and uh so he had a lot of stores there and that was his office and upstairs he had a little office and there was no place open in the winter. And, you know, he had, he had good friends who liked to tip the elbow quite a bit. You know, there was yeah. Bill Ball and, and Albion Slate and John Donnelly and the, the whole crew and the, he, even Ed Blaine. And so he started having the Monday nightclub where somebody would make soup. Probably none of them, probably one of their wives. most I don't, likely. Yeah. I don't yeah. think any of them could cook. <laughs> and, um, and they would meet on, on Monday night at, Upstairs in the bowling alley, and uh, for years, and and because there was nowhere else to, to, no public place to go.
1: And so it wasn't open to the public. At, no,
3: it was just the guys.
1: Just the guys. Right.
3: So then, uh, whenever it was, I, I'm thinking it was early '80s, maybe a little earlier. Um, he got the building next to it. Uh, John was turning it into the. Um, to the, or whoever turned it into the Seacrest Hotel. So he had to get out of the bowling alley. Okay. And so then he rented the building next to it and started the Monday nightclub. And then.
1: Than Monday Night Club official, where it was the open, official it, where, where it was, was open.
3: Well, it was. He got a, but because of the whole thing with liquor laws and sure, stuff this is like what that, I'm interested in. He got a. There's one of the licenses, and I can't remember if it was C or D, but it was a club license. Yeah, it still so, exists. Yeah, so yeah. you uh, you could get a club license, but you couldn't open to the public, and you couldn't serve. Maybe you could serve food, but it had to be pre prepared or something. But everybody had to be a member. Right. So he formed the Monday Night Club. And so you had to be a member to go in there. And of course, membership dues were about, I don't know, 10 cents or something. Uh,
1: yeah. Was there an initiation ritual or anything? Uh, <laughs> or like some light hazing? I'm
3: not aware of that, but uh, <laughs> I know my father, so I'm sure that there was an initiation ritual just, every you, week. You didn't
0: know it was happening to you. <laughs> yeah, you, you didn't know? know. You just didn't know. You're like, how you know. feeling this morning? I don't know what happened.
3: <laughs>
1: and how long did the Monday- Consider yourself Monday initiated. Club go on for it. it
3: uh went on for about I'd say five or six okay, years. Okay, the mid 80s. Yeah, he, oh. and, and then he wanted to get a. Uh, he leased the land from Al, uh, from Les Slate, where I used to have my printing shop, because he wanted to uh, move over there to, and have a, a regular B license. Um, and so he missed. He was pretty good on these things, but he missed the fact that you couldn't have a B license because of I the know. proximity to the church. But ah, you yeah. could have a D license, right? Or the club license, whatever it was. Anyway, it turned out it didn't work out, and he wasn't going to be able to. So I ended up leasing that land for my printing business, and then he um, ended up buying the property from my uncle that is where Salt Pond Settlement is, which was the Sam Peckham Tavern. And so then he went over there and uh, developed that bar system over there and and hotel and And restaurant. and Yeah, it was an inn, the uh, Samuel Peckham Inn.
0: I worked there. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah,
1: yeah, I probably made more meals for Lou than he ever made for himself. Really, I would think so. Yeah, no yeah. kidding. Yeah, yeah. He, and what was the scene like over there? Because the, when I got here in '96, I believe it was still it was in its last days as a as an actual inn.
0: Uh, I, I I mostly got to experience it. It was my off season job okay. and they even had a regular they always had a regular cook uh-huh. um and then but you know you had to give the guy a day or two off so i think i just did like two nights a week gotcha and, you know because i knew how to cook and yeah you know
3: the very first year they were open it wasn't it was just the basement level it was a capped off basement that's yep. where the original bar was in the bottom floor there it yep. wasn't, wasn't even the end yet just had a rubber roof you know, and the winter time, but he had to get going on the bar cause you know, income had to come in. Sure. So, uh, there were three bartenders. We, and it was, uh, Alan McKay, <gasps> Bill Carey and me. Wow. And we each worked two days and we alternated Sundays. And, uh, so that was my short, brief career as a, bartender um, wow. and then uh, and it used to sometimes the water would leak in that rubber roof it was raining too hard and you had planks getting across <laughs> the mud from the parking lot and oh my god it was quite the place but any uh,
1: good uh, bartending stories from from back in the day
3: yeah, probably not any that i want to n- tell nothing you can, okay
1: fair enough fair <laughs> let enough. me just
3: say i also was the school bus driver at that time and uh i i I didn't last, I last about a year and then I was like, it's, it's too hard to be the bartender at night, get up, drive the school bus and then pick up the kids of the the dads I was seeing the night before <laughs> <laughs> and, you know I, I don't know I had to get i had to i had to cut that yeah <laughs> yes yes I can see
1: where it's a not exactly a conflict of interest but just an uh, it's just weird conflict and schedule it's just weird yeah yeah
3: and, well I had you know I was young I had ideals I didn't think you know yeah. so- and-so coming to school with no lunch should have to pay for the fact that I was Serving their oh, dad the night before. I see. Oh,
0: <laughs> wow. yeah, so, yeah, I could see how yeah, that man. could be a little strange. And the kid gets on the bus and, like, Have you seen my dad? <laughs> 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 More than you, kid. You're More like, than you. You're like, Unfortunately, well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Um, God, yeah, I funny. dabbled in the bartending under Lou's guys, and um, I I couldn't do it. Yeah, but, you know, I, I I faked it, but it was yeah. not my cup of tea
1: at I, all. I tried bartending at Nick's one summer, uh, and I I you know I was okay, but it's like I just felt you you feel trapped back there, especially when you get a bar full of weirdos and that are just being you know, and you are just you can't go anywhere. You're stuck there. That was a, I was yeah like, I didn't like that feeling. It was it was. Imagine I,
3: what that's like if one of the people you're stuck there with at at the closing hour that you have to tell to get the hell out. <laughs> Happens to be your father, the owner of the business. Yep.
1: <laughs> yep. Fact. <laughs> Definite fact. Yeah. When you kicked him out, did he yell at you and say, I'm running away, and storm off?
3: Uh, he never got kicked out.
1: No, of course nope. not. <laughs> nope. Nope. You know what? Buddy, I, I would I'm leave, not, but... Yeah, I was going to
0: say, would, I'm yeah. not going to lie. there wasn't the time you'd walk out and be like, you know where the lights are. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: you know. All right, so one more bar question, and, and then yeah. I don't want to spend the whole thing on bars, but then the Albion, obviously, was a huge, uh, you know, uh, right. iconic... Uh, structure venue here whatever right so, so
3: then he built that after the after he turned salt pond, uh sam peckham in into the salt pond settlement um
1: so as that happened he he did he, he did that i yep. don't
3: think he i don't think they overlapped uh, i think he saw that it wasn't going to be a bar mm-hmm. over there when he turned it into condos okay and, and so then he he well i think he got involved with some. Uh, I can't remember exactly who owned that building then, um, yeah. but anyway, he started the bar there, at the Albion
1: next door. Um, was it Nick? Nick DiPetrillo didn't it. Know was it
3: was Nick Petri- DiPetrillo. So did
1: he buy that from Nick, or
3: um, he bought it eventually from him? Uh, he was involved. He got. He was, He had a business par- partner, a guy named Bobby Sears. Um, oh yes, yeah. and. Um, that didn't go well. Okay. Um, For and, and,
0: anyone that was partners with right. Bobby Sears, gotcha. It yeah. didn't go well. Okay. So
3: anyway, but he got he started the the Albion and and got that going, and um, I think he really loved that bar. Yeah, uh, he and, did. And, and he then really he, did. Yeah, and then yeah. he decided, well, he's going to get out of it, but then he couldn't stay out of the bar business, and that's when yeah. he ended up renting the place over across from uh, the Yellow Kittens and, and turned that into the Old Island Pub.
2: Right.
0: Yeah.
3: Because meanwhile, poor peoples had come in and taken over the...
0: Right. The- and I think he had a couple other little endeavors for a, briefly... Oh, yeah. On the top floor of Sam Peckham's, there was a bar called the Idle Lewis?
3: Idle Lewis, yeah. Idle
0: Lewis. I-D-L-E or I-D... I know it's na- named after a, a yachting no, It's idle.
3: No, it's Idle Lewis, as in my father lewis being idle
0: oh being
3: <laughs> lackadaisical <laughs> idle maybe <laughs> would, not yeah right so it was idle lewis and it was a play on the ida lewis ida yacht,
1: lewis okay
3: lewis yacht club in uh, in um, newport and he actually had a, a lawyer letter from them
1: a cease and desist like saying uh, you got to change the name or something yeah really they were, okay. yeah
3: but he never it was yeah, a pretty was like, cool. Sure. That was a great letter to get cuz it was framed and was hanging up. There. <laughs> of course it was, right?
0: thanks for the souvenir. It was a cool spot too. Yeah. Wow. It was on because, the third floor there. And you know, as you don't want the I think I think I think Lou always had I think personally had the little um the Monday night club little spot in his heart all the time. So sure. the idea was there's the big bar in the basement that's open to the public and a restaurant and all this. But then there was this cute little the idol the Lewis. VIP and it was Yeah, but it was more like, you know, it was kinda like the version of the that tiny little bar in the Narragansett yes, that we talked yeah. about. You know, yeah, it was yeah. just it wasn't big. Uh yeah.
3: it was top and, shelf.
0: God yeah it was top shelf. and it might have been sushi might have been the first time anybody tried to serve sushi on block island
3: maybe yeah Who did everything. but he had a couple of bars over there i mean he had the pool yeah. bar and the then pool bar and yeah in yeah. um, the regular bar but and, and then he had a place they managed over at uh high view that's what i was going to bring up yeah. next yeah someplace else
1: someplace else yeah S- really so yeah. so
3: where were you someplace else
1: yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so to just quickly to back up to the albion because that's when i got here and the Albion, I think, had just opened a year earlier, maybe, or something like that. But uh, to me, that was like the quintessential Block Island bar. That and Mahogany Shoals, those two places were like it. And and over the years, you know, the characters from, from the Albion, thats that was my intro. It was like you would walk in and there was always Bobby T sitting in his seat at the end of the bar reading a book. And then there was always, uh, you know, Andre Boudreaux behind the bar, sometimes dressed in a clam outfit (laughs) serving drinks. And then if you were lucky enough, every now and then, once in a while, Tim McCabe would ride through the bar on his Uh horse in one door and out the other. Until
0: it peed on the floor. Well, yeah. I think think he was asked politely (laughs) to not do that anymore because that's a hard smell to get out. Yeah.
1: But when that bar, um, you know. Uh, it closed it was kind of like oh man no like that's you know that's that weird. we used to it used to be called the Star Wars bar unofficially people would call it like you know the bar. there was so many different yeah all different walks of life in there and you know I'm glad I don't remember Sean Mahoney Tom Mahoney's brother did a short film you're in it. I'm in it. Yeah, you're yeah, in it. Yeah. And filmed in there. Filmed in the uh yep. yeah. yeah. So I'm glad that that little The horse film rides like through in the scene. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's so good. That's right. Anyways, I just I had to talk about the Albion cuz I'm so and again like the with your dad you saying like, you know, he had his little spot. He had right. his bar and, and that also happened over here, I believe.
3: Yep. He did um, you know, the, he, he did the old Island pub briefly in the building across from and yeah. then that got sold. So Right. He, yep it was cheaper, he thought, <laughs> to uh, build the new place and put in the uh, old island pub and move it over there. Yeah. So that's, and he he always wanted to have a spot where, you know, people could gather. It's about people gathering, it's yeah. about community, it's about telling stories. And as he got older, he wanted more and more about, you know, oral history and and he really wanted to work on collecting these stories and yeah
0: i hear they exist some of them he
3: got some of them yeah he does yeah. They, they do actually i would love Somebody to find out who has family. them uh, somebody from the family has them. Oh, yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> mm. All right. Well, be maybe we should get some... a couple of snippets. Yeah. Maybe yeah. we can do some research and find out who exactly. Yeah. Film. Maybe as we as
0: can a... form some kind of a relationship. Yes. You never yeah. know. Mm. Get them out there because they should be shared. <laughs> yeah. really, I mean, does not have to be us, but, and I think they have been a few times, right? Yeah. And that video uh, that's up on YouTube, uh, yeah. <laughs> Block Island 1976, yes. has a lot of Lou clips. A lot in of it. Lou in that. Yeah. It was yeah, sort right. of the. You know, he wasn't the mayor or anything, but if no. you didn't know, you would have thought so. Yeah. All right. Well,
3: but that that play, he played that every year on New Year's Day forever. That's yeah, that's New, what I right? heard. I every didn't know year. that. Yeah. I had never yeah, seen it. He always it. had a, in all of the places I know of, he he had a New Year's Day, like brunch, lunch, buffet, and he showed that film
0: it's pretty cool
3: because it, to him it represented black on black on characters on stories it
0: really does yeah. the way they dress the way they talk so yeah now, now <laughs> he
3: talked about his truck there i love this he said uh cosmetically very bad mechanically good
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> so you went then you went to school here obviously right yeah and then who who were some of your classmates are you in that film I can't remember. I, is that your era? It and- is
3: my era. I think my brother's in that film. I don't. Think I did see I am, that. Yeah, yeah. that was a year behind me, so I was I was there. But my, my class was, uh, Marguerite Donnelly, Vicki McCabe, Lorna Wright, Chris Blaine, Tom Mitchell, and Charlie Dodge.
0: Oh. Yeah. Wow. Most of them are still around then. Yep, yeah, most of them
3: are still around. Charlie's kinda of moving back this way. Uh he's the only one in that group that uh didn't graduate here. He, he left like four months to go or something. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah wow. I think he I don't know, he had a kid and he got married and all that kind of stuff. Well, you know. That
1: happens. That
3: happens. That's right. Yeah. But we uh we that class, Vicky came later, but everybody else I just mentioned in that class was in the first kindergarten class on Black Island.
0: The first kindergarten? The first
3: kindergarten class. And oh. our, our teacher was Jesse Ball. And that was uh, uh, Bill Ball, Martha's father's s- uh, brother's wife. Oh, okay. Jesse Ball. Miss Jesse.
0: But prior to that, they didn't have kindergarten. It was, no. You started first grade. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting little tidbit right there.
1: So yeah. then when you go, so you go off to, so were you always science minded as a child? Were you interested in nature and uh, just.
3: Yeah kind of interested in nature i was i wasn't i wasn't really an outstanding interested person I just okay. kind of did whatever I did but i wasn't good at reading and writing, so I had to go to the alternative yeah so yeah. and uh, but science and nature was really kind of my thing as I got older into high school I was into that would
1: you uh, consider yourself like a hippie back in the day?
3: no, I think I was too young to be a hippie okay all right I so- would have liked to have been.
2: <laughs>
0: it's never too late i'm actually. still aspiring to be <laughs> one. one of these years i'm gonna be a hippie we should all be hippies for a couple of months i think so yeah yeah, yeah
1: I'm, I'm working on it it would be it would be pretty fun it could be cool hey is this a good moment for a quick yeah maybe we should we'll switch gears yeah check in and then we'll switch gears and stop talking about bars okay all right we're gonna check good. in with our sponsors then we'll be right back with kim gavitt hey before we go
0: to commercial i think this is a good time to uh to talk about something that's super important to us You yeah know?
1: It's a big thing and it's it's hard to talk about. And we're talking about, of course, mental health. Yeah. So, I mean, I
0: can quickly share that I have been in a very bad place um, myself. And, you know, you just I don't know how I got there or why it was happening.
1: I mean, I've I've been there as well, Rich. Uh, We've talked about it. I think both of us on the podcast, both of us have been, you know, in in bad places at times. Uh, The tough thing is you don't know how to explain it to anybody. Yeah.
0: And you, you feel like you're being a whiner, you know, because sometimes things are bad in your head, but on the outside, everything
1: seems just hunky dory, you know, and uh, everyone, uh, everyone's life has been touched by losing someone to suicide. So we're working with the South County Health in a program called Zero Suicide, and we're hoping it makes a difference. Yeah. So there's a great resource available there.
0: It's a website called Mantherapy.org. It is geared towards middle-aged men, but it doesn't mean you have to be a middle-aged man to to utilize it to learn. If you're a spouse or a coworker, you can you know
1: send the link to someone else. Yeah. And uh, it's really a great site. And you can you can use it to help get the ball rolling, and and you don't have to talk to anybody at first they have a 20 point head inspection they call it (laughs) which would uh help you kind of you know make sense of things yeah
0: and it's private in your own home you know and uh while it's not a funny topic, the website takes you know just a great approach to it. They they have they say things like uh, you know sometimes a man needs
1: a pork shoulder
0: to cry on. That's or a good one. When catching z's is harder than yeah. catching a twenty pound trout.
1: <laughs> I like it. I like the anxiety one. When stress grabs you by the balls. You
0: know? and there's so, so many have, more.
1: Yeah. yeah, they have a sense of humor. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So good, yeah. you know, there's just too many great topics to read them all. So please go check
0: it out. Um, you know, there's no sense in waiting. Get it early if it's starting to bug you. or You think something's wrong.
1: Check it out. Yeah. yeah. And the uh, website again is Man Therapy dot org uh check it out and uh, send it and share it with a friend yeah so we don't need to lose anyone to suicide or even
0: have them living in a dark place so please check it out spread the word and you never know you might just save someone's life
1: hey rich do these bell bottoms make me look fat Bell bottom. Oh, wait. It must be Monday and you're going to disco night at Captain Nick's. Well, yeah, of course I'm going to disco night at Captain Nick's. I'm the DJ, man. I got to be there. <laughs> that place is so much fun. So much fun. And the fun doesn't end after Monday because on Tuesday and Wednesdays, we have dueling pianos followed by Dr. Wes sloppy seconds. What are sloppy seconds? Well, That's when I play the piano for the rest of the drunk people there at the end of the night. Well, that sounds fun in itself. And Thursdays, they've got live acoustic acts and full bands and DJs. Yeah. And Friday and Saturday afternoons, we have Acoustic Acts on the Deck at 5.30. Uh, Fridays are Delaney, and then Saturdays are Buddy Rob Davis. And then Friday and Saturday nights, they've
0: got the best live bands on Block Island, like Derek and the Fun Bags, The Blushing Brides, Fever,
1: Neil and the Vipers, West End Blend, and the High and Mighty Brass Band, just to name a few. Yeah, and uh, the bands aren't over just because Friday and Saturday night ends. On Sunday afternoons, the Young Guns take the stage on the Deck at 5.30. Sunday fun day, and what if you're hungry?
0: They got food. Food, right? Yeah, for sure. All right. So they've serving food out of the Captain Galley seven days
1: a week, including some late night grub. So, you know, if you're hungry, stop in late night and grab a bite. Yeah, and if you want to check out the full entertainment schedule, let's just head over to CaptainNick'sbi.com.
0: So I went out with the uh the whole family last week yeah. to Winfields, and it was amazing. I love Winfields. It's you know, it's a go-to. It really you know, is. It's, it's like just-
1: if you're going to have a nice dinner out, if you have a special event or something, you know, anniversary or a birthday, go to Winfield's.
0: Yeah, and it was a great uh,
1: test run because a new chef. Oh, Billy Chandler. Yeah, that's right. Man, so. Billy is doing some amazing work over there. I mean, you know, his his dishes are influenced by French, Italian, New American, Asian cuisines. Um, he's just crushing it. I yeah. had the tuna a couple weeks ago. Amazing. I had the pork. I went meat. I had pork chop and it was
0: so good. Oh, yeah.
1: But don't lock into those because the menu is always changing around. You know, Have you had the duck confit? Oh, yes. Oh, I love it. It's so good. I'll tell you, Winfield also has the coolest little bar area there. I love that's where I go. I'm a, I sit in the bar. I'm a bar kind of guy, right? Yeah. And it's cozy, it's intimate. And they have a nice variety. They do a lot of wines by the glass, you yes. know, and
0: it's there's a good good variety there. And I mean, you know, oh, just delicious food and the, the environment's kind of in, intimate, but it, yet it's kind of comfortable and festive. It's kind of fun, too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. you don't it's not stuffy. No, but it's, it's just not. really really nice. I mean, they do recommend that you make reservations. Yep. You can visit them at winfieldsbi.com and yep. you can reserve a table online or or call them at
1: 466-5856. Yeah. And they are located adjacent to the Yellow Kitten, right there on Cornneck Road.
0: Yeah, it's definitely like I said, it's a go-to when you want a guaranteed good meal. It's a place
1: to be. See you there. Hey, Rich. I've got some friends coming into town, and they're looking for a place to stay. Now, now, my friends are kind of hip and cool. I don't know if they're looking for just like you know your everyday typical thing. Oh, send them to the Darius, man. That place is it's, it's a hip, cool, renovated Victorian gem with an impeccable sense of style. Oh my God, you're so right. I love Christy and Becca Zent. Those are the innkeepers, and they've got such a great eye for design. Yeah, and talk about a location. Prime people watching on those street-level decks. Oh, my God. So many shenanigans. But you know what? If you're not into shenanigans, there's uh, some more private rooms that are more hidden away and a little more, uh, you know, kind of if you're looking for something a little more intimate, I guess. Yeah, and right around the backyard, you almost feel like you're in another world. Yeah, totally. But it's also, the location is great because you're right near the ferries, shops, restaurants, the beaches. They're all only steps away. And, okay, breakfast. (gasps) Let's talk awesome breakfast. Amazing. Fresh
0: and delicious every morning
1: yeah I love it uh, and you know what it just dawned on me the story of the Zent Sisters and the Darius Inn is uh, on season 1 episode 12 of our podcast yeah they were great guests a lot of fun totally. so hey listen to the podcast to learn about them or check out their
0: website DariusBlockIsland.com <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, thanks to our sponsors and thanks for staying with us listeners. So we're uh, back with uh, some more Kim Gaffet talk. And um, so at, at one point you actually took the helm of uh, town council on Block Island. And what was that like? Did you enjoy it? Was it scary? Was it, you know,
3: Um, I mostly enjoyed it. And of course it was totally intimidating, but I came to it the way I think people in politics on the island should. I started at the planning board yep. and then moved up to council member for a few terms and then moved up to second warden for a few terms. And the first time I was, a uh, uh, the first warden, um, it was a write in campaign and, um, it's, I don't know, I was again, idealistic and thought it was the right thing to do at the time, even though I'm not sure I ever really wanted to be the top seat.
2: Oh, yeah. 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 But
3: it was, uh, it was rewarding and um and then i took about i think it was about six or eight years off and then ran again and then the second time i ran i um ran for first warden and um served for another eight years so Jeez total Louise. of eight total of 18 years on the town council in various positions moving my way up
0: good for you and thank you for yeah that because nobody wants you know it's a parent nobody wants to take those seats it's uh did you did it even cross your mind to run this year or be a writer? <laughs>
3: I um um
0: mostly based on the fact that there's not enough. I'm not picking any one.
3: No, you know. I will tell you. I'm very disheartened that there's not enough people and that people don't step up and participate. And I have my current job, I, you know, with a nature conservancy. I got when I turned 60. It was the first real job I ever had. Uh, <laughs> That's a good run. And um, Sometimes it takes a while to find your niche. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had my niche, and I was not going to give up. Basically, we'll get back to this probably later, but I wasn't going to give up the flexibility I had f- because I have bird banding. So, um, But when I get the Nature Conservancy, one of the things is Nature Conservancy really tries hard not to get involved in local politics, and yeah. so I really have a... Um, a restriction against running. So I, if I wanted to run, I, I probably couldn't.
0: Oh, really? Yeah,
3: because they, you know, they don't want. Um, you know, they, our our mission now is conservation and land acquisition, and we really don't want to have, you know. No matter what you do in politics, yep, yep. you had a pro and a con. and, and
0: Somebody's um, always going to point a finger right and say you're it. only voting that way because you Neither. were, you know, you're or with the nature. Or they're mad
3: conservancy at you, and therefore when you, you know, switch hats and go to do something else and whatever. I don't know exactly all the reasons. I just know that that's um, yeah. something I can't do while I'm while I'm at Nature Conservancy, and uh, you know. <laughs> Hasn't been that long with a real job, so.
0: Yeah, no, <laughs> so about, and, you're, and you're liking it. <laughs>
3: I you know? love my job. Yeah,
0: loving it. That's yeah. good. That's even better than liking it. Right. You know? And I
3: had it's my second best job. The first best job was the job I had before that, which was working for the Ocean View Foundation, doing exactly the same thing, but for a tiny nonprofit, you know, put forward by a wonderful philanthropist who wanted to do good by Block Island and. I had so much uh, flexibility and ability to just kind of design programs and go for it. There was never like, "Oh, okay, try that." Okay, yeah, I want to do this. Okay, great. And so that kind of, you know, there's no corporation involved in that. No, she's
0: she's great. Right. I, so know, every interaction I've had with her yeah. is just super and, nice.
3: And even the move to the Nature Conservancy is was a was an act of of um, generosity to the island because. The position I hold is an endowed position at the Nature Conservancy. It's called the OVF, for Ocean View Foundation, Naturalist Perch. So you think of an endowed chair, is an endowed perch at the Nature Conservancy for a naturalist on Block Island, and it's funded forever.
0: Oh, wow. That's so, awesome.
3: And uh, with that so that got, so, there, you know, was one day, you know, it was a two-person show. Um, but now, um, one day... We, if I'm not there, there's the funds and the established chair perch is there for the next naturalist that's going to be working for block island and what a gift to block island i yeah. think
0: i and I've often said I want that philanthropist on this show, I think she'd be a great one to talk to, <laughs> and you know about what's working behind that mind to to care that much and do all that for mm-hmm. this island that we all love so mm-hmm. um so, yeah, yeah
3: I kind of jumped way ahead by that. No, that's, no that's we do clear. it all. We don't.
0: Yeah. The more we bounce all over, the harder it is for people, people what, to keep us I, in their sights.
1: <laughs> I have a question. What What are some of the uh, projects or initiatives that you've uh, taken part in either spearheading or, or have been a part of with the Nature Conservancy Conservancy that you're most proud of or, you know, you think are m- the most important for Block Island? Um.
3: Well, it's sort of. The whole time period, right? So it's it's all about connecting people. It's not just the five years that I've been with Nature Conservancy, but the previous years. It's about connecting people and making them feel comfortable about being in nature and teaching them about, you know, what that is and how it works. And
1: uh, And how do you do that?
3: Program, public programs, which I have a lot. I have a full s- schedule in the summer. And yeah, it, doesn't, you do. it doesn't matter that it's, you know, a lot of times it's p- visitors because you're going to take that thrill that interest or that information back to where they live so and just
1: for the sake of our listeners uh what are some of these programs that if they want to come out they could
3: yeah well i do uh i do nature walks at at uh one that's called i love this walk actually it's called the trail less traveled so i take people on uh, walks in places that's not clayhead or robin's hollow so you know something that's a little less known i have a bird banding program demonstration program i have art in nature where i always have live models of course, the live models are snakes and turtles and Ooh. fish and I was eels. going to say you've never asked me yeah. to, <laughs> to pose right. naturally. I have night sky <laughs> viewing. Night sky viewing That's is That probably would fun. be the best time yeah. for me Yes, that would be the best time <laughs> yeah. for you yeah, yeah, yeah. dark.
1: Midnight, yeah, yeah. On, okay. a, <laughs> on a new moon, by the way, also. <laughs> um,
3: okay. um, and, you know, any all kinds of ver- – I have a, a once-a-summer program called the Mystery Walk where people si- sign up. They don't know where we're going they have no idea and, and people sign up to go on a walk and they don't know where they're going that's, that's pretty, probably cool pretty rich, you know?
1: yeah i like that boy that's so. a and there's a level of trust involved there with you right you know right. they must yeah. really trust you
3: yeah and it's uh limited in numbers and the very first time i did it i and i give this introduction at the beginning of every time i do a mystery walk it's, it's limited you know because more is not necessarily better and, uh, um, right. and that's, you know, you have to live within your limits. And the limit of a, a, a good walk is about 20 people. More than that, everybody's not getting everything. So. Yeah, it changes
0: yep. to like school museum tour. Yeah, right. you know, so, with 50 kids. Right. You I know. think it's so. a
3: great, uh, you know sort of subliminal message about live within your limits yeah. Uh, yeah. More, more is not better right well hey and
0: there's That's something true. to be said about somebody trying to sign up
1: and being like sorry it's full now yeah. that ooh, right builds I mean, demand I, yeah builds demand i always and, have know.
3: a waiting list and usually one or two people make it on the waiting list
1: and if if people did want to sign up for this how how would they do that
3: uh, they would contact me in the summertime. Don't contact me now.
1: Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but directly or through the nature? Conservancy? No, through the Nature Conservancy. Is there a no. website? Or, yeah, we yeah. have
3: a website, a calendar, our landing page for our website, which is by the way, nature dot uh, nature Island dot org. And the landing page is our calendar, um, so you can cool. see what's going on in any one day and that kind of stuff. if
0: you look in the paper, like things to do on Block Island, it's like every other one is Kim Gaffick. Kim Gaffic. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like this whole on Tuesdays this with Kim Gaffett It's, uh, it's and, you know, and, and but it's the... not
3: me. I'm just part of a team. Oh, you I am. No, yeah, yeah, we know. Right, we know this. Yeah. But, it
1: says with. I'm sorry, with Kim Gaffett right. With Kim Gaffic. <laughs> and, and I'd like to point something out at this point. It's obvious that you are you are beyond humble with with uh, you know the thing all everything you do. However. Please feel free to promote anything you want here. That's why we're here. Yeah, so we, we want to let, let people know we about We want to let our listeners know that the, these are options out here because right. again, you know, we've been yeah. this this summer especially. We've gotten so much press about, oh, you know, Block Island's this party place where everyone just goes to drink. No, it's not actually. There are all of these wonderful things happening and I think that's one of the things we want to do here is get that information out, you know.
3: <laughs> well, I'll tell you one of the things I, uh, the pandemic was tough <laughs> because no programs, you know, that's yeah. kind of who I am. Yeah. Now I'm not doing anything. You know, I had to do other things and I did two things that, uh, probably turned out really well. One is I did a, a Zoom <laughs> program on online on nature walks and uh, we ended up recording those. And so me leading a walk with a lot of photos and, you know, on, on Zoom, You know, platform is now archived on our website. So if somebody's, you know, oh, let's see what Kim has to say, or you know, about what's like to walk in Rodman's Hollow in the winter time, you can go to those and see those. And I didn't think I couldn't wait for them to end, but I have had a lot of people this summer say wow, that was great. I was sick with COVID, so I just watched a lot of those. Or, you know, people seemed to really like it. Was it was
1: really interesting. I found it, during COVID, a lot of my musician friends mm-hmm. in, in our community would, you know, all of a sudden they started just doing these shows from their living rooms yeah. and streaming. it. I'm like, who the heck wants to sit on a computer and watch someone, you know, wherever in yeah. their living room? But a lot of people do. Yeah, and that's what it did. you know, that pandemic was yeah. like, I think it forced a lot of us, you know, mm-hmm. creative people and people right. who like to do things to think differently
3: right and the other thing i did was i have in the in the winter time i have uh, uh i lead a crazy as a coot bird walk twice <laughs> twice a month right so october yep. through june right crazy as a coot you got to be crazy to go. that sounds there.
1: like our kind of program mm-hmm. yeah but
3: couldn't do that so i started doing the social distance bird walk so i would uh, have everybody go out and, and look at birds wherever they are send me the their reports and then i would compile it into a report and about you know who was seeing what where people felt connected and we never saw each other so that's continuing now so i'll do the crazy has been back for a year so i've been doing those which i like but i now overlap it with with the uh with the social distance so when i give the sort of the report of what everybody saw is sometimes I'm getting reports from Norway, Washington State, Florida, Massachusetts, oh, cool. and wow, London, cool. and so this is where. I, and I'd love to add more people. So if listeners out there want to get in on the crazy as a coot social yeah, distance yes. bird walk, all you got to do is uh, go on, uh, go to natureblockisland.org. There's a page for these bird walks, and you know just contact me. I'll get you on the email list and. That's there we go. that's really cool. That's
1: one of the coolest things ever. Yeah, yeah. I think that's awesome. Yeah, and I think one of the most fascinating interviews we've had was with Scott Cummings. Yep. Who I am assuming you have a, oh, yeah. a very close relationship with, and Definitely. you guys work tightly together. Um, you're both bird enthusiasts. Isn't even the word, right? Um, but I, I guess one of my questions is: How many birds have you seen in catalog now at this point in your life? Oh. Do you? I mean, obviously you keep tracks.
3: So. Well. I'm not that good at keeping really? track. I mean, oh. uh, I mean, I'm a bird bander, so I band probably about not uh, maybe two to three thousand a year. Wow! And I've been, but you know, it's always with other people, so you know. Um, but I started in 1981 with Elise Lapham okay. at the bird banding station, and uh, so that's a long time to be banding birds. So if you were to attribute even a thousand birds a year, you know, that'd be fifty thousand. Pew. no not quite 40,000 yeah um, yeah
0: we never check facts yeah you know, math math math. Is a, yeah. yeah it's a flexible
1: so,
3: thing yeah. I ever
0: tell you about my cab driver in Las Vegas and I asked her what those mountains were called and she told me she wasn't very good at history and <laughs> 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 I only had a 50 I was like I hope you're better at math <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so that's a lot of birds. That's a lot of birds. So you were doing it before it was even like a public program where people could come. And do you Ooh. do still do some on the side when you're not?
3: Oh, it's more than on the side. Uh, so all those years that I didn't have a real job is because I needed to be working with Elise Lab on bird bending during the spring and fall migrations. And so it's hard to hold on, uh, you know, anything that's not your own work or part time. Yeah. So, um, that that comes with me i mean i went with the perch to the nature conservancy and i'm the bander at the beard banding station up at clayhead and that's what i do that's part of who I am and what I do. So, it's not a side thing, it's a thing. Yeah. It's yeah. a thing. But
0: I mean like you do do some bird banding with the public, right? Uh,
3: yeah, we the,
0: But you uh, still do it for documentation right. and you keep oh, what yeah. you've been doing a, going all this time. It's
3: all real data that gets submitted and uh, yeah, the Tuesday mornings in the summer is just as a demonstration, but uh, I'll be starting this week the bird banding station up at Clayhead and we have Audubon Society groups and school groups and individuals and Elise Lapham, who started that, you know, she always in invited and welcomed visitors. And um, she, she said one of the best things I, I take all the time. She says, once I put a bird in your hand, you're never the same. And she felt that if you understood about birds and migration and how magical they are and that, you know, they're going from... The boreal forests in Canada to the tropics in South America, then you're going to start caring about the environment and conservation, and you're going to take that wherever you go. So and it's some, really important to have visitors and and you know embrace them. So yeah, I'll have a lot of visitors uh, over the next six weeks.
0: And some of those birds you ban go that far?
3: Oh yeah, yeah. Some wow. of the bird yeah, a lot of the warblers. They call them neotropical warblers. They're going to. Well, they're going to Central America, they're going to the Caribbean, and you know, barn swallows, you're probably familiar with barn swallows, yeah. they go to Argentina. Do they really? Yeah.
0: They don't stay here for the winter?
3: No, they're gone. You'd, uh, yeah, you'd be hard-pressed to find a barn swallow now.
0: Oh. Yeah. They've, they, already, they've already, oh, already
3: gone, yeah. You know what?
0: This could be just me, but I noticed something about two weeks ago, because in the summer they seem to never hold still. They're are yeah. a swooping feeder. Right. Oh, nothing nothing cooler than mowing the lawn. So you're sitting on your sit down mower and you're cruising, and you're kicking up the bugs in yeah. front of the mower, and they're literally eight inches from your face. They'll just swoop by, and you just have to kind of learn to ignore them. You just put your music <laughs> on, and you because in the beginning you're flinching like left and right. Whoa! Wow! But they never hit you. But they come. They'll they'll if there's a moth like right here by your head, they'll come by and grab it. They and buzz it's like the tower. Oh, they buzz the tower. Wow! But I other than seeing them in the, they build almost like a, it almost seems like a muddy nest. Yeah, Is that what they build A that, mud nest. Yeah. And you, you'll see them occasionally in the mud nest when they're raising the babies. But other than that, they, I only see them in motion. Right. And about two weeks ago, I saw like a hundred of them like all collected on like a phone wire yeah. or something like that. And I thought, that's weird. So they must. They're that's staging
3: the, for migration. It's and called a lot staging. Of the, huh? sta- get, they're all getting ready to go together. And, okay. and a lot of them are young. And in the middle of the summer, sometimes you'll see, you know, a handful of them on the wire and uh, you'll see them make this sort of vibration uh, sort of movement. It's when the adult comes by to feed them. And they're like, feed me, feed me, feed me, Oh, like, I've seen know. little. Ber- I've yeah. seen other birds just on yeah. the ground. They can't right. even fl- barely fly yet, and so they kind of hop. A lot, hop. Of, a lot yeah. of times, the barn swallows—they just hop up there on the wires, and they're like, "Come on, I need some food here." So
0: I'm going to try that next time I go to the beachhead. Yeah, just yeah. Hop up on the railing. Just, and just sit out front, just flap and my just arms, flap your wings, see if uh, Becky figures it out. Oh, he's just <laughs> here to be fed. He just needs some chili. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> good <laughs> luck with th- that. Yeah, I don't think it'll work. <laughs> but. <laughs> ah, so that's a cool... I didn't even know they went south. Yeah, like, yeah. what... Do we have birds here that winter here? Like, that this is their winter warmer spot?
3: Yeah, so it's definitely uh, a birds... So the fall migration, birds that are leaving and going south, but some birds are coming here. So we'll, we have... I haven't seen a white-throated sparrow since last, probably, April. There, sometime around October, they're going to... Late October, they're going to show up. Hermit thrushes, uh, myrtle warblers... Um, Would the snowy owl fall into that category? Snowy I, owl is more of an accidental. Okay. Right? they only come here when they are been needing. They're leaving the Arctic. They want to be in the Arctic, but okay. if they're following food or something like that, then they'll come here. That they're accidental. This isn't part of their migration. Route. Okay,
1: because that's i I've, I've I feel like that is the bird that I've seen. Uh, pictures of mostly on social media yeah. during the winter times from people that live here during the winter, and yeah. it's a, a, an exciting thing to see right. one.
3: Charismatic mega yes. majestic. Yeah. I think
1: majestic we
0: birds.
3: <laughs> I think we
1: talked. They're
0: big. Yeah, they're I had a, I had a big scare with one. Came around the corner, and we surprised each other. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, I think I talked about it on the Scott Cummings one. Oh, but yeah. And I also heard. I think we may have mentioned it that the food supply that's driving them to go places where they. Uh, I was watching a documentary on that, and their yeah. their big meal is like the small rodents and lemmings and a different lemming, things. Yeah, lemming, right. and then and I don't know if it was the their the owl population got too big for the food supply or the food supply got too small. So but it's something a little
3: of both. So sometimes uh, they they call it an eruption when the birds you know leave the Arctic and come more. Far farther south it's an eruption of birds and uh, sometimes that's because the food supply is is low um because lemmings didn't do well sometimes um there are so many lemmings that uh the snowy owl nest raises all of the young so they can they can have up to 10 or 12 14 eggs uh in a good year and if there's a lot enough food then they might you know three quarters of them might hatch um and so now you've got you know five times more owls looking for food in the winter time uh and they have an amazing ability if there's not enough food somehow they only lay they know they only lay a few eggs um but so it can be because the owl population went spiked up because there's so much food and sometimes there's just not enough food so
0: now the opposite happens now you got you know 40 percent more owls the following year and right. the lemon population gets right so so it's mother nature kind of zipping
3: yeah. you know waving
0: back and forth but this
3: happening me. a lot more often i'm worried about i mean as much as i love to see a snowy owl on black island and it's majestic and it's magical i worry about it because it's happening you know it shouldn't happen every year and it's right. been happening you know yeah so multiples what's going too. on and yeah. it's you know, this is not where they want to be. You know, they're not used to flying around houses and, you know, a lot of them get hit on the mainland trains. And then they they have to catch them on Logan Airport because they think the 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 uh, the field is a tundra. So and then they're hit, hitting planes and, you know, and, and they're it, too warm. There are pathogens here that they don't have in the in the Arctic. So it's not a good thing.
1: And is this all a function of climate change?
3: It's hard to know. Right. I'm sure. I would somewhere guess that somewhere it p- must play into it in some ways, yeah. and and it might not be on the snowy owl itself. The climate change might be affecting the lemming.
1: Right, right right it
3: could be you know it's, that may be the keystone species but it may be something else is being tweaked that's you know
0: it's the lemming's of, food source of some kind of an insect or something right. that they that they feed uh, on yeah. yeah
3: so anyway a lot of most uh a lot of snowy owls in in the uh, in the arctic and even here especially here feed on their primary uh food can be sea ducks so like um eider and and scoters and you know birds so those are the winter sea ducks that move down we haven't seen them all summer they're going to start coming in yeah Mergansers. On and,
0: the, most from on the smaller side they seem to well, me or
3: no, no, think no
0: you're wrong rich yeah
3: you're wrong you're wrong
0: you can say it you're <laughs> yeah. gonna be like absolutely not Actually, i say it
1: to him all the time <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. think
3: a common loon or, a, or oh really uh, oh, that big you know, that big and uh wow. yeah i mean i think the snowy owl really likes a scoter which is about you you Know, or uh, maybe a goldeneye that's you know about the size of goldeneye, probably the size of a mallard. So,
1: have you ever seen a wood duck? Yeah, I love those. Yeah, they're really the beautiful. head, the, yep. the, the fans yep. on the, the head, yeah, and
3: the eye ring, and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. those are cool looking birds. Those are going to start coming here soon. They, oh, they come here? They come here. I've never seen one. They're, they're winter, they'll come through during migration, so probably late October, November, you can see. Oh, they don't always stay. But I, I have worked with people, put up a few wood duck boxes w- with hopes that someday we'll get a nesting pair. Really? It's not out of the question. So. Will you let me know if that happens? Oh, yeah. I'll I've
0: never go. seen a wood duck. I wish duck. we could breed like a giant snowy owl that would eat deer.
1: That would be a perfect match for Block Island. And,
3: uh, and uh, in, in jer- <laughs> in jerky
1: tourists.
0: Oh sure, once in a while, pick you know, up a. You know, wait know. a
3: minute. The introduction of deer. Haven't we learned that we shouldn't be know, messing I know, around? I know,
1: I know, I know, I know. But I you heard, know, how is the deer population? I haven't heard much chatter I've lot,
0: about it. Seen a lot of baby twins. This, this yeah. is gonna be a big. It's, it's you know, hunting. I think kind of goes in phases too. Where, yeah. I mean, I know one year I hunted and I, I hunted. I'll, I, I killed quite a few. Yeah, and um. But then I kind of get over it. Like, how much venison can you eat? And right. They don't, you know, they, I'm not saying they should, but there's, <sighs> you still have to follow all the waste not laws where you can't just yeah. shoot them. Well, yeah. You're and right. so once I had, uh, I'm going to say it, 11 deer worth of venison, I made sausage, I made burger, I made all the steak. Yeah. And, you know, man, but it was yeah, but loaded. The, prob-
3: the problem is that there are plenty of people who would take that, but, it, you know, how you disperse... <laughs> That food is controlled also. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm always telling people, you know, you get some extra venison, send it my way. Yeah. I I like it. It's good. I do too. You know, but, but that doesn't seem to work as much as I think it should.
0: No. One of my favorite dishes is uh, I make a ground Italian venison sausage, but I don't put it in the casing. It's just crumbled. Yeah. You know, I, I like that in like a tomato garlic broth with Ooh. white beans and steamed little necks Ooh. it's like a little surf and turf like, that, right? uh, like a surf and turf fish so, stew almost that It's sounds really good, good. Yeah, yeah so
3: when, when are you serving that
0: oh I'll yeah. be um, <laughs> see you guys at 7 at yeah, my house sounds good yeah. to me okay great mm-hmm. wow. what's a rare bird that you come across on Block Island like even you're like wow
3: um there would probably be one of the songbirds, you know. Like I remember a few years ago, we had something called a Swainson's Warbler. It's a southern bird that's moving its its uh its range up, and we got one uh, at the bird banding nets And I try to talk myself out of it. This can't be a Swainson's Warbler. We don't get those. We, you know, but sure enough, it was, and it was the first record in the state of Rhode Island. Oh wow! Um, so that was pretty cool. So you know, I um a few years ago, I got a Cerulean Warbler, which they're around but I, I don't i don't see them too often so i was happy to get those um so are those like
1: bragging rights when you're around other bird watching folks like do you go hey yeah first one in the state yep <laughs> right here right here or a pin yep yep <laughs>
3: i don't really but I guess but it's like kind of it, cool you know the cerulean warbler i mean scott scott bands a l- little bit north of where i do and um you know, he's seen them. The, the habitat is just enough different. North part of, of Clayhead versus south part of Clayhead, um, and so he's seen a lot of birds that I'd like to see that I haven't. So really, yeah, yeah it's amazing how mm. habitat differences in location. So, so you know, it's, I said go. You know, I said wish list, but they're for me. You know, because I haven't seen that bird. It's yeah. not that it's so rare, kind of thing. Yeah. So and
0: do some birds you think uh, have a greater ability to dodge the net oh yeah Oh, so some birds figured it out and they they'll you know, spot the and net just
3: where their normal habitat is so that and that's one of the reasons there's a difference between where scott and i band because they warblers and the, a lot of the songbirds that are coming through now they like to be at the top of the canopy well where he is the top of the canopy is bayberry and it's about you know 10 feet and where i am it's choke cherry and shad and it's about 40 feet so my our nets are from ground level up to about seven feet so if you get something that's spends most of its time in its lifestyle above the nets and you don't get it so we don't get many swallows because they spend all their time they're very good at avoiding the nets um but we get a lot of white-throated sparrows and thrushes and things that spend like, towies that spend all their time at the ground feeding so yeah
0: so the ones that like when a super still i don't know you're not here much in the winter mark but if you walk on a really it, you literally feel like there's people walking all around it cuz they're scratching the leaves. Oh, yeah. oh really? Yeah, I don't know if maybe it happens up in your neck of the woods too but if it's if it's a super silent block island evening it's almost creepy.
3: You, <laughs> you kind
0: of feel like you, you you keep looking around. I know people can't see me doing it but you jerk your head you're like That's got to be something. Oh, it's a deer. And they literally, I've literally thought there was a deer coming to me and it's a a bird like four inches tall. I'm (laughs) like, oh my god! (laughs) You're like. Yeah. I'm like, oh God, this big buck is going to kill me. You know, it's getting near dark. It's in the rut. Yeah. No, it's a warbler. That's it. It is but a warbler. Yeah. But they make a lot of noise in there. It's pretty. uh,
3: Yeah. So depending on where they are.
0: Yeah. yeah so well, that's, birds I, are pretty I, that's pretty great and now cool is that. there a database now where all bird banders can yep. can register and so
3: i'm licensed by the u.s bird banding lab it's part of biological services part of the department of interior federal government and uh, all my data gets submitted to their central computer system so every bird bander in the united states Uh, submits their data they're like we're all licensed and we all submit our data the same so that's what they have they have a giant mega computer system so if you're studying black pole warblers then you can ask and get permission to see all the records for black pole warblers um, in the united states if you want or if you're doing a certain area you can see that and one of the things i mean people say why do you why Why do they have bird banding? And it's really almost everything we know about the population dynamics of birds is from people banding birds. Yeah. It's like one little, you know, it's like a little pixel. You know, one every bird is one bird, but if you add those up, you get a whole picture. And you what you can see is population, you know, species like that Swainson's warbler, you know. All of a sudden we get a point in Rhode Island where it's normally in, you know, Virginia. And you can see Population species moving northward. Um, you know, cardinal first cardinal seen on Black Island was 1957. Um, you know, now we think of it as pretty ubiquitous. You know, cardinals everywhere. So, But you also see declines, overall numbers. Um, so. Orioles? Orioles, yeah. We we don't see as many. Of course, we wouldn't, you know, they nest in tall trees. Well, we don't have a lot of tall trees, but we're getting more.
1: But I've seen a few orioles yeah, out here. Yeah, they
3: come through migration. Oh, yeah. Migration yeah. time. Is
1: there a bird that looks like an oriole, but it's not a, a blackbird with an orange stripe? Or if you see the orange stripe on the red, red wing, red black wing blackbird. Maybe that's what it yeah, was. Yeah, that's
3: probably it's just a little black stripe.
1: Okay. Do like we an ha- epaulette. Yep. And are those out here as well? Yeah,
3: they are out here and they nest out here. Okay. And they're starting to leave too. We'll have a few red wings around all winter, but they lose that red plumage. Yeah. And not, near, you know, most of them leave.
1: How do you feel about seagulls?
3: Well, first of all, there is no such thing as a seagull. Mm-hmm.
1: Knew that was coming.
3: <laughs> <laughs> if you all look gulls. up, they're all gulls. <laughs> if you look up in a bird book, you're going to see gull, and you can see herring gulls and great black Island, and laughing gulls and bonaparte gulls and clocker gulls and iceland gulls. All kinds of gulls. Is and, one
1: more apt to dive into your bag of doritos than another.
3: <laughs> if you're on Black Island, Probably the great black back or the herring gull is okay. going to get there. All right. And uh, we have a, um, is it, um, a ring billed gull. They like to do that too. So, uh, The great black back is the biggest gull we have. And that's the one that'll take the chicken leg off your grill at the head of the Champlin stock.
0: Uh-huh. I know a few <laughs> of those. There's the free gull, the free gull. Yeah, those are the people that only come like out to your restaurant during the grand opening because oh, all the food's free. Oh yeah, the, the Block Island free gulls. Oh, believe me, I got a list. As soon as you put the word free <laughs> up there, they're there. I call them the free gulls. They feed for free. So, yeah, so, I, pretty
3: I, hard to break that seagull right. habit though. But yeah, yeah yes, yeah, but always, They're all gulls. They're, they're all gulls. Yeah. Yes. You look up a bird book.
0: Any? This is gonna. Be, this is one of those podcasts I could have million and millions of questions. I, know. I really could. Are there any like um, alarm birds like? Do you like? Is there a list of birds that if you encounter them, you immediately should report because it's like an endangered species or something like that?
3: I'm not allowed to ban endangered species, so if I got one, uh, I would have to report that I got one, and I wouldn't be allowed to band it unless I had permission to do that. So
0: you release it, but report that you yeah. did get one in there. Yeah, and
3: take uh, and, and document it, the photos and all that.
0: Does that happen sometimes? Never happen. Never happen. Okay, oh, boy, that would be great. Oh, there you right. go. There's a wish list.
3: Yeah. yeah. I say, one one year, um, uh, something called a white-faced storm petrel. Uh, a fisherman found one. It landed. It was exhausted. It landed on his uh, boat off a of block. And he came into uh, Payne's dock. And uh, Cliff Payne called me up. And he said, Kim, Kim, I got a bird down here. It's an eagle. It's in a box.
2: <laughs>
3: and I go down It's an eagle. There. It's in a box. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, I go down there. And he goes, well, I had to say it was an eagle, otherwise you wouldn't have come. <laughs> <laughs> but it turned out to be a, a white-faced storm petrel, which is a seagoing bird. It's never seen it land, probably.
0: They nest on debris floating on the yeah, ocean. Yeah, and they're kind of the
3: stuff. ones they call... Um, uh, I think they call them Jesus birds or something. They walk on the, they can, they patter on the water tip. Yeah, as they were oh. picking the yeah, fish, fish off. water. that was pretty yeah. cool because it was really different. And I did ban that one and uh, and let it go. Um, but I've never seen one of those again, yeah. unless I'm off shore fishing or something. So.
0: I caught an albatross once I was by, gonna, by mistake. That an was albatross? my next question. Yeah, I was fishing and... It was not intentional. I was with my grandfather, I believe. And um, yeah, Southwest Point.
3: An actual albatross.
0: Yes, it was huge. And it was not, it was very hard to explain to this bird that we were trying to (laughs) help it. it. I I believe it was an albatross. So my grandfather told me, so could I be wrong? Yes. Have you ever read Rime Rime of the Ancient Mariner? Yeah. So it was bad luck. Yeah. Well, I didn't mean to catch it. The, but well, the week, did you spin, get it? You, oh yeah, I mean, yeah, we, we got it and we, my grandfather it. put on these big leather gloves because oh, yeah. it, I mean, the beak was like a six inch knife. I mean, Yikes. it was, yeah. I mean, it was incredibly big. Like it's one of them things like it's like the windmills when you're like, let's just cruise over and see those and like 25 minutes later, you're almost there and yeah. they're like 25 times bigger than you think. Yeah. It was one of those things like, you know, and they were doing, they glide and it had oh, yeah. glided and got caught in our line. And then so it actually caused it tried to get away and as it did of course it pulled the tackle up from the bottom and oh, yeah. and that's how it got snagged so we had to like it was wound up in the wings of yeah the- yeah it was fine when it got leased but it was i just remember being so astonished at how and loud too it was not happy yeah it was wow. a very angry bird angry bird uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah and even though i didn't it was not our fault Right, no, the bird doesn't know that. You just wish you could explain to him. So he's like, "Hold that wing." I'm like, "Okay," but hold it nice and steady so you don't break it. I'm like, "Okay," (laughs) so I'm like trying to hold the wing, and the bird is doing it. He's got the glove on the on the head trying to hold it from, you know, swinging that screwdriver around and cutting. But it was pretty pretty cool experience, and it and it flew away just
1: fine. So I was really that's good. I didn't band it. Okay. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah, no. It. No. And you didn't, uh, your boat, your boat, since you let it go and it, you didn't uh, we encounter did, it, any bad luck or any. Uh, no, uh, we were you know. able to
0: swim to shore just fine oh, after cr- the boat sank. <laughs> <laughs> after we were, yeah. yeah. Paddled right Perfect. into Dory's Cove. Yeah. Everything was fine. I, I don't
1: believe in superstitions either. No, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Certainly
3: not with birds. Birds are all good.
1: Birds are pretty cool. They really are. Birds are very cool. Yeah. Um, I've heard birds are a vehicle for uh, uh, um, departed uh, human beings to come back and visit their loved ones. Have you ever heard that one?
3: I've heard that. Do you
1: believe that? No, probably not. No, not so much? Okay. Just curious. I don't. Well, you know, yeah.
3: I'm a scientist. Come on. I know. That's right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: Do you believe they're the descendants of the dinosaurs? That's yes. kind of proven
3: yes. science. Yeah. Now, right. Yeah yeah. 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 that's and Which is pretty cool. Do you Very
1: believe cool. that one in the hand is worth two in the bush?
3: <laughs> Definitely.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from a bird bander, you would think. Of course. I, so yeah. I've got this you know, one. I'm, I'm going to band it. I
3: leave these bird walks, but I'm not a great birder in the field. There are much better bird field. Uh, t- because I'm used to having the bird in my hand. And I go, oh, yeah, I can tell this is a black throated blue warbler female because it's got a little tiny white feather right here. And I can tell it's this age because that feather's tinged green and not blue. And, you know, and so I'm, not, I'm pretty and I'm,
0: spoiled. <laughs> <Okay. Yeah. laughs> and I'm not looking at it from 40 yards in yeah, binoculars. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Up in yeah. the yeah.
3: tree and it's moving. And, you know, so I'm a spoiled bird. Well, birder. that whole
0: thing is great. And most of these walks you do are all free, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. But people can donate, right?
3: Right, people. So, you know, anybody wants to make a donation to the program just supports the program. So yeah, I t- people do that. You know, and that,
0: that's what I was gonna say. It is it doesn't get absorbed by the general fund of the nature service. So
3: if you're making a. A donation to the nature conservancy you have to put in the memo line block island program okay and then it will stay here it won't so go to the if nationals. somebody
0: wants to donate 20 right. bucks yep. they can do it but make sure they're specific so, on the check right. that it's for the block island bird program
3: right or black island program
1: block island program, program block island program, yeah. black island program. Okay. and they can find out how to do that via the website yep
3: as well sure Okay.
1: Yeah, cool. sure. what's yeah. the website again
3: uh block uh
1: nature block Natureblock yeah. yeah. All right.
3: Yeah.
0: Are we getting near the time where we should discuss our information? I think because so. Unfortunately, kind of we are. Kind of I, very, yeah. Any last uh things you want to bring up that we haven't to educate people or talk um, about? We're fine.
3: I probably not. Okay. Just get out there and enjoy. Enjoy nature. Yeah,
0: and one of the best ways to do that is on one of these walks. Yeah, it's a good way, but, you know. Check out Crazy as a Coot as well. Crazy as a Coot. I I like that.
3: Crazy as a Coot. I I started that with uh, Maggie Komazinski. Do you remember her? No. She she and her husband moved to Long Island, but she was a good friend. And so we started that together. But now she's relocated.
2: Yeah,
0: it happens. It happens. We can't all, you know. Yeah, stay in one place, it's hanging out. looking you
1: can't all stay on Block Island looking at birds. I think the birds someday. got the right idea. That migration thing sounds nice. I'm, I, you know, I'm starting to think I might become a snowbird at some point, pretty yeah. soon. I, I don't know about these winters anymore.
3: I think no. you already are. I mean, some birds are like weak migrants, right? They only go oh, like that, a robin. Robins are here all summer, and then they might go to New Jersey for the winter. But we still see robins in the, in, we the do. in the winter. Yeah. But those are the ones that spent the summer in the Canadian Maritimes, so they just oh. sort of shifted down. Same thing with goldfinches. But you know, you're here in the summer, and yeah. you go to you know Mystic, Western, Mystic. Yeah. You
1: know? I'm more of a goldfinch, I guess. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Except I may see. It, but Except you're going north. That's what I'm saying. South. I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> you're doing it wrong.
0: You maybe you just want to go from Captain Nicks to the Southeast Light. Uh, uh, that no, nice, you be
3: right? you. you go south in the. In the winter? No, no
1: I'm well, going. He's but, only no, mystics, mystic's northwest of here. Mystic, Connecticut, yeah. is northwest. We're down yep. here. The sh- I go northwest. I to, yeah. yeah, north by about Mystic. twelve. Eh, it's oh, yeah, it's definitely months. west of here. Yeah. It, yeah, it's not that far north though. Nobody's kind of right. Just a yeah. tick, just north. a tick. Yeah. Anyways, I need to get into some significantly warmer weather. Weather. That's the point. South I, I'm, Carolina. I'm getting old and in, in wimpy. Dunlevy's
0: Pub. Yes, that would be a good place to winter. Yep. Yeah.
3: Not so me. I like it cold.
0: Oh, God. Do you? I, can't even. I did.
3: The last vacation. That's
0: it. This podcast is over. Yeah. Um,
3: <laughs> I went to Iceland uh, in February. That was a great did, time. What? Did you? <laughs> oh did you see the gosh. Northern Lights? Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, oh yeah. I, I saw them here on Block Island once. 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 Yeah. Long time ago. I heard those names are like Iceland
0: was it's kind of like a fake name because it is actually beautiful and oh, green, and they right. they called it Iceland to keep people away like I, to make them think it was just a big ice cube <laughs> really I heard that I don't know if it's true I don't, I don't know it doesn't have know. to be to be on this podcast true that's <laughs> so, how yeah, we true truth is a flexible thing I, well hey I'm okay. gonna say super thank you yes. to Kim Gaffer for Thanks, joining Kim. us because it was really good conversation all, all around little history Yeah. some more bar talk than we expected which I and, love sorry know, and thank and then, you uh, it's okay for indulging me you know we maybe we should open up a bird bar you know, oh my God. Where, you know, you can, <laughs> we can ban the birds right there. In we can the call field. it the Albion. Yeah, the, ah. Oh, wait. wait. No, wait. We'll call it the Albatross. I have a picture of Albion. I'm going to put it up. Okay. Our friend Ben Hruska sent it to me from uh, some of the stuff he found in the historical oh, site. Yeah, nice. It's Albion and like a young sailor. He's a young sailor and he has the Navy yeah. Oh, yeah. uniform on. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, thank you, Kim, so much. Thank you, listeners, for listening. Thank you to our sponsors. And God bless everyone. No, and um, no, that's fine with me. Yeah. Um, if you want to reach out, give us any ideas, comments, questions, please feel free to
1: email us at two guys on bi at gmail.com. And don't forget, follow us on the Instagram, the Facebook, and all the other stuff. And uh, wherever you listen to our podcast, please hit the subscribe button. So, uh, you know, that way our episodes just pop into your inbox or whatever. But uh, most importantly, please just tell your friends about us and let them know that we exist. Yeah. yeah. You know, Sharon
0: Katera was saying she just got her mom, you know, helped her mom into know, it. Into to it and listening cool. and now she's a she's a fan and awesome. she's listening so good all right hey mark i'll see you next week all right rich bye bye
1: hey rich yeah um can you can you help me get this bird band on my ankle i'm having a little trouble do you have like a pair of pliers or something we could i, I want to band myself so i know where i've been but that might be dangerous because then your wife's going to know where you've been, too. Oh. Well, I mean, I'm usually.
0: And they usually for bird bird birds, not bird brains like us. Oh, I you know, think they a,
3: usually <laughs> call those things for a house arrest.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, is that what this thing is?
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right.
2: What shall I do
1: with drunken sailor? What shall I do with the drunken sailor? What shall I do with drunken sailor? the morning.